this? Let's do this. Amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles or your app on your phone, raise it up in faith. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. It is the word of truth. It is the word of truth. I am what it says I am. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can. I can do what it says I can. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a believer and not a doubter. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I'm a doer and not just a hearer. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm humble before the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm obedient to the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. I'm mature in the Lord. And I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I'm enthusiastic about the Lord. I know that. I know that. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by. And hearing by. The word of God. The word of God. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Great job. Great job. Amen. 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 As always, we thank God for our youth who come forth on fourth Sunday and uh and do our statement of faith, and they do it with confidence and boldness. Amen? Amen. So we thank God for each and every one of you. Our scripture comes from Acts chapter 15, verse 25 and 26, New Living Translation. The word says, so we decided, having completed, have come complete ag- to complete agreement to send our new official representatives, along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who risked their lives. Somebody say risked their lives who risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Now look at this, because that's the ending, and I'm going to kind of give you the ending, and then if I don't get back here, we'll know what the ending is. Because they risked their lives, it gave them credibility when they stood before the council. Now you may be seated, you may be seated. They were standing before the council all because of the fact that there was an argument about circumcision. There were some that believed that the Gentiles need to be circumcised and others who believed they did not necessarily need that to be saved. And because they had such good street cred, when they decided and said, that, hey, we've been out there with these Gentiles. We see what the Lord is doing in their lives and we believe that they can serve God without being circumcised. And their counsel, after their arguments, agreed with them. And so what I'm trying to tell you is like, Paul and Barnabas, you're going to have to have street cred. Ain't nobody going to believe you if you ain't never risked nothing for the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, so this is going to be our, our third and final sermon in this that we've entitled, Jesus is Worth the Risk. Somebody say, Jesus, Jesus is Worth the Risk. You know, I said when it comes to sharing the gospel, witnessing or evangelizing or trying to seek those who are lost, Sometimes it comes with risk. When it comes to striving to live a life in a way uh, God uh, has ordained for you to live, in a way that's pleasing to Jesus, sometimes that can involve risk. Sometimes when you're in a position that God has put you in and people oppose you for the things that you believe and the things that you do for the Lord, sometimes that position can put you at risk. And I said that risk is a situation involving exposure to danger, harm, or loss. Definition two said the possibility that something unpleasant or unwelcoming could happen. Number three said it is to incur the chance of negative consequences by engaging in a venture or action. Simply, risk means to take a chance. You know, I said daily we take chances. We take risks. 
Sometimes people fly every day. They take a risk. Driving your car, take a risk. You know, sometimes you got jobs, firemen, policemen, things of that nature. They take a risk every day. You know, if you invest your money in the market, you take a big risk. You know, and depending on what it do, it would test your risk tolerance. You know, because some people have a low tolerance for risk, so they take their money out soon as things start going. But some people have a high tolerance, and they will ride out that risk and believe they have the reward on the other side. You know, last week, a couple weeks ago, I was looking at a news sports, and I heard someone say, you know, New Orleans, the New Orleans Pelicans took a risk when they signed Zion to a long-term contract, $230 million over five years. Somebody said, they signed a guy who ain't played but less than 90 games in three years. A guy who can't control his weight, won't get in shape, always hurt. But somebody figured he was worth And I hope that risk pay off for him, Brother Rob. Because in two years, if he's a bust, somebody's going to say they see they should have took him. You know, uh, when it comes to our lives, sometimes the way we eat and lack of exercise put us at. You accept that risk every time you overeat that pork sandwich. I mean, you accept the risk. You know, when you know you got high blood pressure and you know diabetes running your... But because you're willing to accept that risk, you put yourself in harm's way. And so the point I'm trying to tell you is that if you are willing to put yourself at risk for a pork chop, surely Jesus... Is worth the risk. I mean, you're risking your high blood pressure, your diabetes, because you just love sugar. Got your little pricks and your little thing you wear all the time. Knowing that you're, what's it called, A1C or AIC or something like that. Knowing that is way up that nine. But still, you take the risk. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that you got to be willing to take risks like that when it comes to the, to the Lord. Amen? The last time we talked to you, we talked to you about Paul being before King Agrippa, defending what he so zealously shared with the Gentiles as well as the Jews, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul was putting himself at risk for a message that was offensive to most Jews and unbelievable to many Gentiles but he felt like it was worth the risk. And we close with the Apostle Paul letting us know that he risked humiliation, trials, and, and severe challenges because he, was, he saw that taking the risk to share the gospel with others was a way of sharing a valuable treasure that God had put in him so that others could be saved. Sometimes you have to see that God has placed something on the inside of you that is not just for you, it's for somebody else. And when you accept that, then you're willing to accept the risk to share what you have on the inside because of the value that you know it is to someone's life. And so therefore, we want to continue on with that thought today 
When we look at Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, and I, when I start reading, I'll read verse 25 through 30. Here we see the Apostle Paul praising Epaphroditus, and that could be your name, because he risked his life for the ministry of Christ. In other words, he staked his life and, and exposed himself to danger and negative consequences for the cause of Jesus. And his life shows that working for the Lord can be stern and demanding, and it can call for self-denial and self-sacrifice. Sometimes you must and we must make ourselves small and insignificant by denying ourselves and taking up our cross to follow Jesus. Because in the end, it's all about him and not about us. Amen. It's all about him and not about us. And so now when we see here Paul is praising him, Epaphroditus, because he traveled and put himself at risk to be at Paul with Paul while Paul was in prison. And while Paul was going through, he was serving Paul. And at the same time, his body came under attack. In other words, it let us know that Christians do get sick. And sometimes we have to trust God and work our way through our, our sickness. We just can't lay down and give up because we got a bad report. Sometimes we got to still believe that God can take that bad report and use us for his. So this is what he was doing. He was letting us know some character things about the Epaphroditus. He says this now, and I'm in verse 25. He says, meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. Now, the reason I want to send him back, because you heard that he was sick, and I know you're concerned about him, but he's been here serving me while I'm in prison. But right now, is that he's at a good place. And since he's at a good place, and I got a letter that I need to get to you, I'm going to send him back to you, because it's going to be good for you and him. But let me tell you something about the guy that I'm sending back to you. Now, look at this. He says, now, he is a true brother. Somebody say true brother. Or true sister. Somebody say true sister. Now you know the Bible could have left the word true out. And said Cliff that he's just a brother. But obviously there's a difference between a true brother and just a... And I need to know if there are any true brothers and sisters in the house today. Because true just saying, hey, are you genuine? Are you sincere in the things of God? He said, now this guy is a true brother. You can count on him. You can count on her. You can depend on her. True. That word means something. Then he says he's a co-laborer. Somebody say co-laborer, a co-worker. We're not in this alone. This gospel is a team effort. And everybody on the team got a role to play. That's why we're co-workers in the gospel. It is not just the pastor's job to do everything that needs to get done in the kingdom of God. Amen. Well, y'all didn't like that co-worker. Let me move on. You, ain't gonna, you definitely ain't going to like this next one. He's a fellow soldier. You know, in the streets, if you're a soldier, you got, some, you got a good reputation. You know, I know in the drug game, they call themselves soldiers. And I done went to funerals where they buried a drug dealer. 
and they celebrate him. Just like a true. They got rituals where they stand over his grave and put stuff in there because he's a true soldier. And look at this. I'm just making a parallel that is if the world understands the value of a true soldier, the kingdom of God ought to have an appreciation for true. True soldiers. A fellow soldier. You are a soldier in the army of the Lord. We're involved in warfare. And in warfare, God expects us to act like soldiers, and soldiers have to put up some resistance to the enemy every now and then. See, a lot of times in church, we get disillusioned, and we don't see ourselves as soldiers. But Paul gave him credit for all three of these attributes. A true brother, a co-worker, and a fellow in the old days, we used to say, I'm a army of the law. Don't sing that day in the new church. You go online, you ain't hear nobody talking about no soldier. Soldier give young folk the wrong impression. Finley, when you hear soldier, that automatically brings warfare into your mind. You know what I mean? I'm a soldier. I'm expecting a fight sometimes. I sign up knowing that every now and then something's going to come against me and I got to stand up and fight for it. Why? Because I'm a... The Lord just needs a few good men and women. He don't need the whole world. These disciples turned the world upside down with just a couple of folks. But we can't do that if we don't see ourselves as, as soldiers. Sometimes you got to take the fight to the enemy. Now look at it. He was, a, he was your messenger to help me in my need. In other words, you sent him to help me when I was going through. Then he says in verse 26, I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And look at this, what he said. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. That's sick, y'all. You know, that's different between, you know, just stumping your toe. He said, man, almost. And I, I hope that none of you have never been in the place where you almost died, but if you have been to that place and you're still here, you got something to praise God for. You know what I mean? Say, that he was sick. And obviously, he was sick, and he was a Christian at the same time. So sickness come on everybody. But it's how we deal with it when it comes that separate us from the world. Because we don't go through things without hope. We go through the things that the world deals to us as if we have hope. He says, now look, I'm sending him to you because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But the God had mercy on him. We all need God's mercy on us. Times when we're going through things, we need God's mercy. And also on me, so that I would not have to have sorrow after another. One, another. In other words, I didn't want to go through sorrow upon sorrow. I'm going through myself because I'm in prison. They treat me wrong, beat me down, got me going through because of the gospel. And then all of a sudden, now one of my fellow 
soldiers get sick. And God, if you take him away right now, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't want sorrow upon sorrow. And sometime in life, you may have to come into a circumstance where you got to deal with it. I hope it don't have to happen like that in your life, but every now and then, you may have a situation that puts you in a place where you got sorrow upon sorrow. And when that happens, what you can't do, you can't lose hope in who you believe in. Believing that he can bring you through whatever it is you're going through. Even if it's sorrow upon sorrow. He says, now look, so I am all the more anxious to send him back to you. For I know you will be glad to see him. And then I will not be so worried about you. Now look here. This is what he says to them. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him, people who put themselves at risk for the Lord, deserves honor. And they deserve the honor that we bestow upon them because they are true soldiers in the honor of the Lord. So this let me know, everybody is not deserving of this level of, oh my God. I know y'all, God is just an equal opportunity guy. going, no, no, no. He said, welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him, he could have just said give him the honor that all folks deserve. Now, give him the honor that people like him deserve. Those who are willing to do what it takes to ensure that the gospel is shared to those who need to hear. Even if it means putting themselves at risk. Look what he says. For he risked his life for the work of Christ and was at the point of death by doing for me what you could not do from afar. He was letting the Philippians know that, hey, look, while you was back there praying for me, he was here on the battlefield with me, even though he was sick, mate. He didn't, he didn't let his little backache keep him from praying for me, keep him from coming and taking care of my needs. He, you know, he didn't let his little minor headache that probably go away if you stop eating some of that stuff you eat. You know, some of your headaches come from what you, I know y'all didn't want to hear that today, did you? You didn't want to hear that. But, but I'm trying to get you to the point where you're fit to take the risk. I mean, anytime I preach, I'm preaching to myself too. Now, the good thing is, I, you know, I got off the pork a long time ago, not that it's bad, not that bad, just for me. Amen. I'm not trying to get any of you off your ribs and your pig feet. If the Lord says you eat them, you eat them. Just eat them in moderation. Amen. Because Jesus is going to have to come. <laughs> Let me move on. I, I ain't supposed to be melting today. But sometimes I think we give up on Jesus too quick, man. You know, we sneeze one time. 
I can't serve the Lord today. Well, you know what now? Let me put a challenge out there. COVID done showed us, Tanya, that you can work and be at home at the same time. So my challenge to all our online viewers today, you can work from home. You don't have to be here every week if you don't want to. But you can call some of your brothers and sisters from. You can pray for some of your brothers and sisters while you're at. So if you don't come here and join us on Sunday, don't sit at home and daydream on God's time. Amen. I mean, when, you, when your boss tells you you can work from home, he expects you to be doing certain things during the hours that you're supposed to be. So we have an expectation from 10 to 12 on Sunday. If you're going to stay at home, this is the Lord's. I know I'm going to get in trouble right there. You ain't going to run my house. I ain't trying to run your house. I'm just trying to find out if you're a good soldier. Amen. Because a good soldier, though, this is time for warfare, and I want to be in the war when the team is at battle. Whether I'm at home or in the house, I know that wasn't going to go. I put that in there purposely, so I didn't, that didn't just drop there. It was written in there to say that, so, so that y'all know. The book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26. The writer of Hebrews revealed to us prophetically that Moses thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ. And at that time, you got to see Christ as meaning Messiah than, to, than to, to risk and to own the treasures of Egypt. In other words, Moses thought it was better for him to give up his privileges and his rights and the power that he had because he was Pharaoh's daughter's son. In other words, Moses was living in opulence. He was well-educated, hanging around in the palace of the greatest kingdom on earth. But his brothers and sisters were slaves. And so he thought enough of them to give up what he had to go and identify with them rather than stay in the palace and live above them. See, sometimes people make it from the hood. And they forget where they came from. And they don't realize that the same struggle that they had to get out, there are others back there got the same struggle. But now they live on Fifth Avenue. And they can't go back to Harlem. Even though they was birthed right down there. And so what I'm trying to tell you, don't let your position, your status, your prestige, your power cause you to forget where you come from. And when it comes to putting yourself at risk with folks who are at your stratosphere, wherever you are, you're going to have to be willing to go back to where your brothers and sisters are and identify with them. Because at the end of the day, you're still a Hebrew. Most are still a Hebrew. At the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, you can live in Beverly Hills, but at the end of the at the end of the day, don't forget where you come from. I know y'all gonna get crying with that guy. I'm just gonna tell because some of y'all just gonna forget. You want to believe that you you know you weren't barefooted at one time. 
You didn't miss no meals. I know some of y'all didn't. You know, some of y'all children got it like that. My generation, we missed some stuff. And so, therefore, I can identify with people who done missed some things. And I can have a place in my heart for people who have missed a meal. For people who don't know if they're going to be able to pay their rent at the end of the month. So, we got to take on this spirit like Moses and say, hey, we can't get caught up in the passing and fleeting things of this world and forget about where we came from. Look at this. Verse 24. He says, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, somebody said when he grew up, in order to make some decision in your life, man, you know, for Jesus, you just got to grow up. You got to grow spiritually. You can't be a baby all the time because baby can't, babies can't make no decisions. Babies depend on everybody else to do things for them. At some point in time in your walk with the Lord, you just got to grow. And when you grow up, you can then refuse some things. You notice babies will take about anything. You can give a baby a clothespin and they'll put it in their mouth. Amen? They'll know no better. And so it's the same way with a baby Christian. A baby Christian that have a lack of knowledge of God and who he is and how he operates will take anything and put it in there. They just don't. And that's why you come to church to get educated so that you will grow. You come to church to do more than shout and dance. That's part of it. But at the end of the day, you can't be ignorant while you're shouting and dancing. Look here. He says, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Wow, that's a big move right there. But look at the choice he made, because we say that life is choice-driven. He chose to share the oppression of God's people, oppression of God's people, instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Wow. You know, most of the sin that we get into come and go real quick. Keep coming. But what we don't realize is sometimes the consequences linger around. See that fleeting pleasure of just to, you know, just to go satisfy a sexual need unprotected? Contrary to what folks say, it don't last all night. But nine months later, that could be some consequences. See, when we're doing things to satisfy our flesh and pleasure, we're not thinking about consequences. Because flesh is enjoying that moment. And when he's saying that, look, he understood that those pleasures was just passing. And he'd rather hold on to something that's permanent instead of something that's passing. The fleeting pleasures. Lord have mercy. Y'all got me feeling guilty for even talking about sin. Y'all done got so serious out there. I'm just talking about more. I just feel it. The, the heaviness just done came over me up here. taking a risk talking to your folk about sin. 
I'm just reading the Bible. And it says that Moses made a choice. So life is choice. When you choose to satisfy your flesh, that is a... And sometimes you're going to have to deny your flesh realizing that the things that it offers you is temporary. Temporary. Now we've all been there. We've all been there. This battle with flesh and spirit is not new. We've all been there. But at some point in time, when you grow up, you start winning some of those. Lord, let me go on. This is the last one. But I believe Jesus is worth the risk. So therefore, that's why I ain't skipped this. Amen. Look at this. Verse 26 says, He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. You know, I've always been telling you that wherever there's a risk, there's a reward. And some people will tell you that the higher the risk, the higher the reward. But sometimes it can be the higher the risk, the higher the loss too. But that's why you have to know in your heart. You got to know what God is telling you. You got to hear him speaking to you. And you got to know what level of risk you're willing to take for the Lord. All of you are not, that's sitting here today are not going to take the same level of risk for Jesus. I know that. But look here. All of us can't play it safe. Amen. Somebody got to be willing to take the risk. At whatever level you are, wherever your spirit is, wherever you are maturity-wise in your growth with the Lord, you ought to be accepting that risk at that level because Jesus is worth it. And you got to believe that if you take the risk for him, there will be a reward for you for the risk that you take. And look here, this reward we're looking for is not always temporal things. It's not always, I need more stuff. You're trying to get rewards that are going to benefit you when you die. Amen. This reward is talking about heavenly things that, that when you leave here, you want to be celebrated when you get to heaven. You don't want to just get in. You want to be And you're going to be celebrated based upon the risk that you take here on Amen. So in that time, Moses made a choice. And we know the result of that choice that he become what we call a type of Christ. He was the deliverer of his people. But if he did not identify with them, he couldn't have recognized their suffering and the pain. And see, what happens is that sometimes when you get above your suffering and your pain, and then you lose touch with the people who are still behind you, you no longer feel what they feel. So you can see things happening that you know it's not right. But because you're above that situation, you don't even feel what they're going through. And when you get to that point, then you have lost touch with where you came from. You're going to have to still have a feeling for the things that God has delivered you from so that you can go back and help somebody else get out of those situations. Yes, you have not had a hungry pain in 20 years. Your bank account been looking good for the last 40 years. Some of y'all for the last 10 years, for the last five years. 
you don't, you, you don't know what it's like to live from paycheck to paycheck. You ain't sitting around. You know, you can make a, you can make a, a you know, a, an additional uh, subtraction error in your checkbook and you ain't even got to panic. All because, you know, you, you add it wrong and you $25 off. But there's somebody out there $25 off will send them into a tail. And so your job now is to help someone get to the point that Cliff, they can be $25 off and don't have to pass. To teach them how can they get there. What do they need to do to get there so that you don't have to panic because you're $25. But if you are so good now, you, everything is auto, auto, auto for you. Auto pay, auto deduct, auto, auto, auto. You just know you got a cushion there. You ain't even checking now. Y'all just get the auto. <laughs> Tanya, we done forgot. <laughs> That was the time when we did the addition. Of, I check auto. You ain't forgot, Tanya. <laughs> we check auto. When Eglin sent me my statement, I go through line by, because them rascals may cheat me. Not on purpose, but they do make mistakes. Got to call them and say, hey, that check wasn't for that much. What happened? Somebody put the wrong number in. Oh, yeah, we'll correct that. Yeah, but what if I didn't call? What about the thousands of people that don't call? So be mindful of where people are, especially if God has brought you to a higher place in life. Be able to feel what they feel. And I'm going to get into my little piece right here. Now. I mean, I can't help it. I mean, I'm trying to stay out of trouble, but I just can't. Man, when, you, when you're looking at the news and you're seeing a police just beat down a brother or sister just for nothing, and you can sit there and don't feel, don't feel nothing. Oh, he just, he's just being a cop. No. That could be you. Now, I ain't talking about the brother wrong. He done did out there and did some crazy, got a gun, ready to shoot the police. Then you know you get what you get. Man, but just for a routine traffic stop, Adrian, you shouldn't get the beat down because of tail light. But see, some of y'all live in zip codes that they'll give you a break on your tail light. Oh, God, help me right here. I'm in the metal ribbon. See, the emblem on your car. Well, sometimes they give you a break. Tail light out on a Mercedes ain't like the tail light out on a, on a Hyundai. You know, Cliff ride around here with a 350, 450, 550 MSG or whatever them things is. Got a tail light out. The man approach him a little bit different. Amen. Until you get to the car and see who Cliff is. Then it ain't going to make no difference. Cliff is in that 
Monday or that Monday? I'm going. I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. Y'all strike that from the record. Strike that from the record. <laughs> My last turn. Go to, go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. There's nothing wrong with suffering for being a Christian. You know, suffering for being a Christian. That is the right reason to suffer. For being a Christian. Peter vividly reminds and encourages us to consider ourselves blessed if we are criticized, rebuked, or put down for the name of Christ. Peter creates no illusion. He says God's plan for your life may include some pain and hardship. So when troubles and trials come, don't be surprised. Just know in your heart and in your spirit that Jesus is worth it. And there is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Amen? Now look at this. I'm in verse 12, chapter 4, 1 Peter. He said, dear friend, don't be surprised. Somebody say, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Look, Christians have been persecuted ever since Jesus' day. And they're going to still be persecuted today. You're going to go through things because of what you believe and who you believe in, especially when you self-identify. Meaning that when you self-identify, I mean that when you get from the God level down to the Jesus level. See, you can hide up in the clouds and talk about God all day, and you ain't going to get too many arguments from people because everybody acknowledges that there is a God, there is a higher being, there is a divine authority. But when you come down to the Jesus level, when you start elevating him and making the conversation about him, then that's when you're going to expect to get some blowback. You got to expect that. His name is the name that is above every name. You got to expect that. I know we don't like to say that because it makes us sound like we're arrogant. No, we're just good soldiers. I know who my commander is, and I'm not going to get in warfare and deny him. So he said, don't think it's strange when you go through these things. Don't be surprised that these things are happening to you. He said, now look, this is where we got to get deeper in our spiritual, in our growth and maturity. He said, instead, be very glad. Wow. I'm supposed to shout and dance and praise the Lord when I'm going through for Jesus? Yes. Yes. You ain't supposed to cry and whine and moan and complain and sound like everybody else. You're supposed to be glad. That goes against your natural thinking. That's why I said earlier, you got to grow up because this is spiritual warfare. And he's saying, look, that's going to go against the natural. You got to be glad when you're going through for the Lord. Look at this. For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Now you become a partner. So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to the world. When he come back, you're going to have a, a better expression than some folk. All because you have suffered with him. Now you get an opportunity to reign with him. 
I know the suffering message. I know. I, I think they done took this out of most of the new Bibles there right now because I don't hear people talk about suffering no more. Young folk and Christians don't, don't want to hear that they got to go through some stuff. And what I need to tell you, look here. Some of the things you're going to go through going to be right there in the church that you remember. I don't care whether it's striving or the one on the corner up there, the one in here, one in North Carolina. Some church folk going to put you through some. And then when that happens, you disillusion. Oh, I didn't come to church to think that they were going to hurt my feelings. Well, look at him. He done told you. Don't think it's strange. He didn't say whether it was ungodly. That's some church folk that's going to put you through. And if you come and join the church, they get, oh man, it's utopia. When I join the church, all my suffering, all my trouble's over. Ain't nobody going to tell no lie on me again. Oh my God, you've been disillusioned. Let me give you a newsflash right now. Church folk do lie. They ain't all deliver. Some of them will. Oh God. I'm just trying to be real with y'all today for a few minutes. I'm almost done with this. Now look here. He says now, we're supposed to be very glad because we are partners. So he says, now look, verse 14. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian. For then God's glorious spirit rests upon you. The glorious spirit of God rests upon you. In other words, when you go through for the cause of Christ, God will empower you with his spirit. And his spirit will come on the inside, already there. You just need to let him have his way when you're going through. And he will strengthen you when you're going through for the cause of Christ. And he said, now, when that spirit rests upon you, he's not resting upon you for you to be timid and weak and afraid. He's resting on you so that you can be empowered to endure whatever it is you're going through because you know in the end it's worth the risk. It's worth the risk. Now look here. Then he makes it clear so that you don't leave church thinking that, you know, you're going to suffer sometime because you did something wrong. In other words, he's going to let you know, Major, that if you do something wrong, you deserve to suffer. Don't try to attribute that to Jesus. I'm just going through for the law. No, no, no. You're going through because you're gossiping. The Lord ain't got nothing to do with it. You, don't put that on the Lord. That ain't good suffering now. That's you getting what you deserve. All right, let me just read this since y'all going to play hardball with me right there. Let me just read this. He says, now look, if you suffer, however, it must not be for a murder, for murder. Because if you kill somebody and, and claim you're a Christian and they lay the death penalty on you, we can protest and hope they spare you. But they decide to put you in the chair, give you some gas, whatever, lethal injection. According to our law, you getting what you did. We're going to pray for you while you're on death row. And hope that the judge come out and give you a pardon. But if it don't, you shouldn't have been acting like the world. Because Christians ain't supposed to murder. I 
I know that's tough right there. I know that's tough. Y'all ought to be happy. Ain't none of y'all no murderers. Y'all sitting in there. Ain't none of y'all on death row for, for killing nobody. Y'all ought to be happy. Hey. Hallelujah. That ain't me. I ain't suffering for being no murderer or stealing. If you ain't stealing on your job. But if you are stealing, they catch you. And they fire you. You deserve it. Don't come crying to here. Oh, they just treating the brother wrong. No, they ain't. No, brother, they ain't treating you wrong. You stole. <laughs> you want me to just downplay the fact that you done went out there and stole something and then now they done fired you and you want some prayer? I'm going to pray for you that you get another job. But somebody, they, but, but be mine, but they ain't going to put you over no money. You may have to go to the stock room. You know, I read articles all the time and church folks steal. Amen. That's why you have to have checks and balances in place because church folk will steal. Money is a tempter, even for church. Let me move on. Ain't no stealing here. Or making trouble. Where are we getting close now? <laughs> I don't think I can go 100% on that making trouble part. Don't <laughs> Because some of y'all troublemakers, you know it. You know it. It ain't good trouble like they say. You just a troublemaker. And then when you get caught and people come against you, you can't get upset because you get what you do. Y'all don't hear that. That don't happen in Stratton. We talking about Stratton. I'm talking about them other churches out there. Don't happen in Stratton. Ain't no troublemaker here. Then the last one he said, a prying into other people's affairs. Ooh. Ooh. You know, we even had a saying in the world, Ava, mind your own business and leave other folks up. The world even got that one right. And then we come to the church and get in everybody's business and want to know why folk mad at us. Because you prying in other folks. And if you get in trouble for that, you can't go around and celebrate praise the Lord. No, no, no. You deserve that. Now look at this, last one. This is a good part right here. I like this. Verse 16. But it is no shame. Somebody say no shame. To suffer for being a Christian. You shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. And you shouldn't be ashamed when you suffer for being a Christian. Look here. He says now, praise God for the privilege. Somebody say the privilege. You know, the world today, we're all on this privilege. Whose privilege? This privilege, white privilege, black privilege, rich privilege, all that. Privilege. I'm going to do a little series on this privilege thing to show you. You are privileged because you're a Christian. It ain't got nothing to do with your skin color, your economic status, your, your and all that, what side of track you live on. You are privileged. All because you know who name you represent. And see, when you don't know who name you represent, you will live below 
your privileges. And so what he's saying here, look, when you understand that, man, you praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. I mean, he said, look, Tanya, when I understand whose name I'm called by, Christian, Jesus, then I praise God because that is a, it's a privilege. And good thing about that, Finley, that privilege is for me whether I make $1,000 a week or whether I make 20 That privilege is for me whether I live in Beverly Hills or I live in Watts. That privilege is for you whether you drive a Yugo or you drive that Mercedes. Amen. That privilege is for you. But if you don't know that privilege is for you, then you'll feel underprivileged or you'll feel devalued because you're driving a, a Yugo. And I'm trying to tell you that Yugo don't define who you Your privilege with God and the benefits that you get from knowing Jesus has nothing to do with what you have on your outside or the exterior thing. It's all about what's on there and who you identify with. And with that identity comes. So I tell you that Jesus is worth, he's a good investment. Invest in him and let him be a part of your life and do the things that he called you to do and God will give you the reward that you deserve. Amen? Amen. So let's praise God for the privilege that we have already. <laughs> Hallelujah! Hallelujah. What a privilege we have to be called a Christian. Amen. And if you see that as a privilege, don't downplay it when you leave here. Don't lose your identity when you leave here. You, I want to be known as a Christian from 10 to 11.15. But at 11.30, I'm going to transform into somebody. I'm going to click a couple times. I'm going to click my heel, plop, plop. <laughs> and I'm going to turn into something. Don't do that. Let this time that you spend with the Lord strengthen you and give you the courage to represent him in here as well as out there. That you take him wherever you go. Amen? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. I'm done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus is worth the risk. Every head bow and every eye closed. I got several appeals for you. My first appeal is for salvation. If you're here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life and you want to give your life to him, now's the time whether you're here or online, if the Lord is speaking to your heart and there's something that you're saying, Lord, I really want to have that relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. We don't want to take it for granted that everybody knows who Jesus is. So if you're here, will you please just raise your hand? Raise your hand. If you're online, would you just give us a call? You can call us 850-862-3899 or send us a message through one of our social media networks. And we'll definitely get back in touch with you. We'll get in Make sure that you know who Jesus is because we believe that he died for all people, not just one particular race of people, but he died for all mankind. And everybody needs to know who Jesus is. 
and, and we're taking the risk and making it worth the risk to share him with you so that you can have access to eternal life, so that you can have a way back to the Father. So if that is you, please just raise your hand. Raise your hand or you just give us a message. Hallelujah. My second appeal is for church membership. If you're here or online and you want to be a member of this body and the Spirit of God is speaking to your heart, we'd love to have you as a part of the striving family. All you got to do is just raise your hand this time or just give us a call if you're online. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Amen. We thank God. We just want to extend that invitation. Then, if you're here and you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, being baptized with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking other tongues, material that we have that we share with you, I know everybody may not want to embrace that, but we don't afford you the opportunity because the, the Spirit of God can empower you with the boldness that you need. And if that is you and you say, yes, Pastor, I want to know more about this Holy Spirit. we got literature that we'll share with you, we'll pray with you, and give you the things that God has revealed to us when it comes to the working and the movement of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. If that is you, please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Please raise your hand. Then my final appeal is for prayer time. I ought to pray or just our prayer time. If you've got a prayer concern, I would ask that you just please stand at your seat if you've got a prayer concern. Please stand at your seat. Whatever it is that the Lord has laid on your heart, you may want to stand to pray and intercede for someone else. However, God is speaking to your heart. Because the Bible gives us permission to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy in our time of trouble and our time of need. God already knows what we have need of, but he still expects us to come to him and cast our cares and make our requests known. And so if you're online, I just ask that you get your heart and your mind in a place of prayer where you can speak to your Heavenly Father. That's one of the privileges that you have, whether you know it or not. You really can get to God by yourself. You don't need to go through somebody else to get to your Father. You can come boldly to him because that's a privilege. You can get in his presence on your very own. But if you don't know how, yes, it's all right to have somebody to show you and explain to you. But once you come into the knowledge that you got access to God, whether you're in this church or at your house, you got access to God. Then approach him like, like he's real to you. Approach him like he has the answer that you need. Approach him with boldness, knowing that Jesus died to give you that privilege. So that you got that right to now to come boldly before the throne of grace. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you for your word today, God. We thank you for revealing to us that your son is truly worth the risk. And God, we're going to allow some of these fleeting things of this life to just pass on by because we're looking forward to that great reward that you have for us. God, I thank you for each and every person that is here today under the sound of my voice or, or online. I just ask that you continue to minister to their heart, God. You already know what their prayer concerns are, their, their needs are, their requests are. And God, they come boldly to you now to make them known.
And God, I just pray that you incline your ear down. Hear their cries. Hear their pleas. Hear their praise. Hear whatever their concerns are, God. Be they interceding for someone else, God, I ask that you allow them to be faithful prayer warriors on behalf of someone else. God, if they have their own concern, their own needs, be it family, finances, whatever that need may be, health needs, God, whatever it is, God, I know that you're well able to handle it. And so, God, we can't cast more on you than you're able to bear because we know that you can bear all things. And so right now, God, we just pray from a humble heart that you hear our cry, that you hear our plea, that you look in our heart, God, and see our needs and meet us where we are. And God, we're going to praise you. We're going to give you honor. We're going to give you glory. We're going to give you thanks because, God, we know that you're a faithful God and we'll believe that you're going to hear and answer our prayer. You said when the righteous cry out, you hear them. And so, God, we stand on that truth in your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Church, say amen. Amen. Say amen again. Give the Lord a